Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start It Up podcast, member of the Education Podcast Network. Today, we have on two special guests, but before I introduce them, we're live, uh, is that uh, the Start It Up Foundation was helped, uh, backed by the IEDC, Indiana Economic Development Corporation, and um, what Started Up LLC was doing was help empowering young entrepreneurs. And what we decided to do was try to help out as many as we can. So the IEDC approached us and we have been working with these awesome entrepreneurs along the way. That being said, our two guests today were the winners of the first annual uh, Innovate Within competition. And uh, from every Friday here for a while, we're going to be talking to some of the, the, the students that are in this cohort. So I figured I'd start it off with you guys. Well, thank you. We definitely appreciate the gesture. <laughs> all right. So first of all, introduce you guys, and then uh, we'll get into your product. All right. I am Jackson Ramey, and I'd like to thank you, Don, for having us back on the podcast. This is our second time on the podcast. I could not Season be more best. thrilled. I could not be more thrilled. Um, I'm Colin Wareham. I'm the CEO at Educade. I started Educade back in November, and that's the business that won the Innovate Within pitch competition that Don was just talking about. So, okay, so full disclosure, you're like, hey, I've already been in your podcast. I can get this over with. And by the way, for those listening, I had nothing to do with the judging. I was not on the judging panel. Uh, but yes, no, they are also serious. my students, and they did well. Actually, our students across the board did well on the mm -hmm. competition. But you guys end up winning. And tell everybody what's uh, – and your original idea. We know, we'll talk about the pivot later. But uh, you right. guys pitched for what? So we, we started educating. What we started in November was what we pitched it as in April to win the pitch competition, which was we made three distinct board games, educational board games, uh, one being a board game that teaches marketing, the other one teaching business management, and the other one teaching entrepreneurship. These three board games were to be used in business classrooms for electives and even some econ classes or even some math classes to basically get kids more fluid with entrepreneurship and business and do it in a hands-on way instead of doing it on it with a textbook way because we this came from our own experience learning how to basically navigate the business world and we understood that if what what you what it really came down to when you learn things in business is it, it comes out of experience and the things that you learn in a textbook aren't really as relevant when we actually went out in the real world to start a business uh, we weren't pulling things from the textbook we were pulling things from our mentors so we thought that the way that we teach business in school should reflect that and that's what we pitched um and that's where we were that's where educate was so a, a lot of times people you know we, we i say we and entrepreneurs mm -hmm. create things out of necessity they they see a problem and and they want to be a part of the solution you kind of mentioned a little bit about your why, but what was the big why? Why did you want an educational board game that taught entrepreneurship? So the thing is that Colin and I were both in the same business classroom um, our freshman year. We were always raising our hand, always getting the right answer. We had a, we both had A's, and, I mean, the kids looked at us saying, like, oh, these kids are pretty good at business, and – we're like, hey, why don't we start a business outside the classroom? So we started a tech company, and we went to all these meetings, and we're kind of trying to put the material that we learned from our textbook into the meetings, and they're just saying, what? And it makes us look extremely unprofessional. 
and it makes us look really inexperienced. And what the job of the board game is to try and do was to try and provide that experience, but not to the extreme that we had to get that experience. We had to go outside the classroom and use our own effort, time, money, but we're trying to just provide that to you where you have the opportunity to fail safely to learn. Yeah, well, the obvious question then is both of you guys are kind of technologists. We can talk a bit about your failed company from a year ago that you guys were very heavy on tech, but all of a sudden you go from, like a lot of people are saying, why don't you just make an app where you make a game that's digital and you, and even the judges asked you that. I remember that yeah, in the contest. Yeah, what? One of the questions that we got. Yeah, and I think your answer was pretty unique. Uh, tell the audience why you decided to do something tactile instead of something digital. So it all kind of came back to what my goals were in terms of where I wanted to be where when I finished high school. So I had been starting businesses since freshman year in high school, and one after another, each of them failed, and. Part of it was, I mean, it was experience was a big part of it. But another reason was I was kind of stepping outside of my domain of competence as a high schooler to do these kinds of things. Like John McDonald can start a tech company because he worked at IBM for almost a decade. Um, I can't start a tech company because I'm a high schooler that doesn't even know how to program. So, and I'm not even saying that you have to be a techie guy to be able to start a tech company, but I don't have the experience in that space to be able to do that. I don't have the resources, logistical means to be able to do that as a high schooler. And going back to what I just mentioned about my goals of where I wanted to be when I finished high school, that was um, to be, know what it was like to start and run a business before I left high school. And if I just kept having failed companies one after another, then I would end up leaving high school without really knowing what it's like to operate a business. So mm -hmm. I thought, why well, should just do something something that's easy and something that I know can be done tomorrow with a hundred dollars and get it up and running just because my goal here is to run something. It's not to take over the world. See, and also the thing is that, that, that question, we actually get a lot about the app and the reason we have the answer that we have is because of the experience that we had because our experience with link, which was the name of the tech company. Um, we poured all this money into it and we got nothing back. And starting the company, you want to stay lean, you want to stay small, you want to stay able to pivot quick. And that large overhead we would have to do if we were to create that board game. And Educate has recently pivoted and we would be thousands of dollars down the drain if we were to create that app. Where if we were to have it physical, also a big selling point of the board game was that it was it would help you develop soft skills, which is what is ex extremely necessary in the business play, business workplace. As I actually I intern at the um, at the company that hosted the pitch competition now, and I'm constantly interacting with my um, fellow employees, trying to reach a common goal, trying to compromise in certain areas where I feel extremely strong about, and another person feels extremely strong about, and that's exactly what we we're trying to provide with the board game was those soft skills, and that's just not something you would get of me soaked up into my technology looking at a screen yeah no i i i like that because one, first of all i hate the term soft skills because yeah. it makes it sound like it's yeah, less yeah, than yeah, yeah. it will just sounds like the biggest like powerpoint buzzword too <laughs> like that that yeah that someone like just in a really like unfit suit would just like kind of say like a powerpoint presentation like talk about soft skills that's like where i kind of get it at. i don't know i just hate, i don't know i'm not gonna try to go on so like tangents but like 
Soft skills makes it sound like, well, the hard skills are the ones you really need. And like soft skills are, I think, among the most important things you can have now. Um, so, no, I, I like the fact that you guys are, are wanting it to make it interactive and it's not as interactive as digital. Um, but then you, you kind of also hit on something else is that, it, you know, it was tactile. It was, you know, um, something you could do now and also not sink a lot of money into, which now we're going to go to talk about the MVP of this and how you pivoted. Um, but you're right in development, just to get the concept of the game, you guys could be 30, 40, $50,000 in the hole to see if a concept works. And, and, and let's just pretend that even you just want to do actually do a digital game. Still doing this, proving your concept uh, with paper and scissors kind of thing is probably the more prudent thing. Um, tell people why then, and first of all, I guess talk to people about the pivot you did make from the original plan to where you're at now and yeah. why you did that. So, well, I mean, why, you know, for the people who know the lean startup, you know, the reason why you make a pivot is because you've exhausted your ability to prove an MVP for a a previous model. So that's exactly what happened to us with the, what we just kind of explained that we pitched at in April. Um, when we realized that that wasn't going to work and it wasn't going to sell and that, um, and actually we probably even overdid it as an MVP. We had three games. We probably only should have one to the MVP, but, um, we ended up getting out of that model fast enough to where we didn't really lose money. Mm-hmm. Um, we only lost a few but, hundred bucks in that. By the way, th- to tell people what your three versions were, you said, you know, just in case they're confused, like oh, yeah, you had, yeah. yeah. So we had the marketing game, the management game, and the entrepreneurship game. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the three ones, and we, we were kind of selling them as a set to teachers for about 200 bucks a piece. And uh, we tried to sell them in a few different ways. We tried to sell them with a classic B2B consulting model where we kind of, you know, would just reach out through emails or through connections and then um, kind of do an in-person meeting from there. And because it was a larger purchasing decision for the school, we uh, worked closer, more closely with, the, with our customers. Um, anyway, we can talk about why it failed a little bit as well, but uh, moving on to our pivot, we realized that we basically needed to decrease the amount of people that had to say yes to buy our product. Mm-hmm. So with the classic B2B approach, and you know, you know a lot about you know, selling to schools as well and working a lot through kind of combining the public sector of public schools and the private sector of businesses and how all those intertangle, um, and it's really confusing, which is really the reason why we decided to move it to where we have now, which is where a card game that only costs $25 that a teacher can just get out of pocket for their classroom. They don't have to wait for the department head to say yes. They don't have to wait for the, um, in some smaller school systems, the superintendent to say yes, or the principal, or the director of curriculum. It's their own decision. They pay out of pocket for it. Um, The average teacher spends anywhere between $250 and $480 of money on supplies for their classroom out of their own pocket a year. So we definitely thought that it was something reasonable that a teacher saw value in for their class. Um, And then, you know, we didn't have have the really crazy uh, buying cycles that schools have. You know, you have these two-month windows that open up twice a year, and if you miss them, you got to wait for the next one. So that was really the main motivation for our pivot. And so far, we've kind of marketed the new card game, the new cheaper card game, as um, as something more of a B2C model that we have more experience in online advertising and content creation and brand building 
it's a lot easier to do with this product. Yeah, l let's go into the game itself then. Yeah. So basically, you guys were a board game at first. And first of all, production costs were higher and all these other mm -hmm. headaches. Yeah, yeah. So now that you guys are a card game, you and and I was lucky enough to be here when you beta tested. Um, mm -hmm. So you're 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 you know basic MVP. You guys came up with uh, a game that is pretty darn interactive and is a lot. You know, how would you basically how would you describe to people in thirty seconds what the game is in its simplest form? Mm -hmm. So it's a card game that there will be three to eight players playing and. Each of them have the opportunity to start and grow a lemonade stand. So it still maintains the idea that the board games had. But now it's a lot more interactive and a lot more challenging and a lot more cutthroat, actually. Um, it still provi it provides the students and just people at home playing it as a game um, with the opportunity to learn business. But get it as an experience, not having to go outside and actually starting a business. <laughs> and... I mean, there's four four decks in the middle. There's about four decks in the middle. They're perks, and people will strategically draw them. People will make trades and just use all their business knowledge to really try and win. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the things that I've uh, watching you guys play it. And of course, for the time being, you've got some beta testers out there, and you're getting mm -hmm. feedback. Uh, but the simplicity is all of a sudden there, and you're working it to where you could have a teacher like integrate this really quick in the classroom. And you guys can play it out, and and yeah, it, it, the thing that I've also enjoyed watching you guys is that when you were beta testing this, and and this struck me so weird, is that um, I remember when Colin had four, five students come in and beta test the original version. Mm -hmm. yeah, back and, when it was a monopoly, a modified monopoly board, right. right? Yeah, that was way back. And it was just so funny because as peers as people your age they didn't want to criticize you mm -hmm. and they just immediately want to say oh that's a oh, everything's great and you're like no tear it apart mm -hmm. that was such a great learning moment and for any if you're a parent listening to this right now or if you're a teacher listening to that right now heck if you're a kid also listening to this right now i think this is one of the most pivotal moments that i saw you guys grow in front of my eyes when you were like i want you to tell me this product sucks yeah. i want you to rip it to shreds because if you don't then this isn't gonna fly. Right. right. <laughs> to walk me through that. Yeah, I mean, it just, it all comes down to what your priorities are. Um, and it just so happened to be the case that the success of my business is prioritized over my feelings, which is, I mean, some people that's not the case and then, you know, all power to you. Um, but, you know, in, in my in my case, where where I kind of got my fulfillment and where I, where I was kind of going with it was, look, whether you tell me or not, this product is either good or bad or somewhere in between, right? And it'd be the best if I knew that so I can go ahead and improve it and make it not as bad the next time. Um, and, and if my feelings are hurt in the process, then so be it. But I'm going to feel a lot better when I sell it to customers who enjoy the game for what it is. Yeah, well, what you guys did was so rare. I mean, especially at your age. I mean, I'm, I remember the first it time. Takes, it, it definitely takes a lot of humility. Yeah, like definitely true. Well, I think that Link had something to do with that. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I, I alluded to something you guys have re referenced back, you know, a year or so before then. You launched a company. You were sure it was going to be great. Mm -hmm. and I was it, sure it would be billions, yeah. billions before, before I left high school. <laughs> and it didn't work out. And, and watching you have to go through that was like the greatest, like life is, you know, gr the greatest teacher. Yeah, I mean, it sucked. Uh -huh. It was terrible. 
Yeah. Because like, dude, you bought T-shirts. By the way, I still have yeah, several. Yeah, I, I have t-shirts. like five or six. Best, best T-shirts. Yeah. Best, <laughs> best thing that came out of that company was definitely the T-shirts. I mean, they're that's not they, biased at all. Not from time to time, best, I will literally see people out t-shirts. jogging with link T-shirts on, and I laugh. Um, <laughs> or I'm not, I, I may or may not have painted my bathroom in it anyway, um, <laughs> because I have like three or four. Uh, no, but I, watching that was just incredible because. This is that whole mantra that people sometimes roll their eyes and they've heard it so many times, it's cliche, but fail early. Yeah. At age 16, you're like, well, I'm going to check this off my list. That sucked. Yeah. That was the greatest. As your former teacher, I never could have taught you what you learned in that. Mm -hmm. That just had to happen. Right. And then watching you now try to launch the second iteration of the game, there was no, man, this hurts my feelings. This is like, let's just get some raw data. Mm -hmm and then let it launch has been an amazing thing. And so again, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, that is the mindset that I'm trying to create overall, like over everything else, that well, mindset. That's actually really interesting too, because it, it actually becomes more important as you get older. So in psychology, once you basically pass 21 years old, the only way you can teach a dog or teach an old dog new tricks is from pain. So like psychologically speaking, the only really way that you learn something <laughs> that's is, morbid, but yes, you're right. It's from pain. Yeah. Um, and like emotional pain. So, yep. and if you think about like how the progression of this goes, if you fail and never make the same mistake twice, there is only one direction that you can move in and it can only be improvement Right. because you will, you will always make one less mistake than last time. Yep. So you can only improve. And as long as you just develop that mindset and realize that you don't have to be perfect tomorrow, you just have to be better than before, mm-hmm. you will eventually get there. But, but, and here's where the three of us have also seen some people really struggle with this, giving yourself permission that if tomorrow you're not a little bit better, that's okay too. Yeah. Just I mean, don't, don't miss twice. I don't miss twice. In a I month. agree. I mean, like, don't let it go on for a month because I've seen some people that beat themselves. Like, look, I like Gary. Yeah. But I think sometimes Gary does psychological damage because you're out That's there true. doing That's the hustle very, and the grind. Very and good point. If very you're good point. not out there doing 18 hours a day, then you suck. And again, I got reverence for the man. But I've got some people that feel bad that they're not Gary. And I'm like, mm-hmm. That's okay. Like, he, he chooses to work 18 hour days. That's okay if you don't. So, giving sometimes the permission to say, Look, I'm not better than I was the day before and the day before that. But Thinking tomorrow. about it metaphorically, right? Yeah. Just like yeah. incremental improvements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, just being realistic and at the same time, and and I think this is the other thing I've enjoyed about watching you guys is that, and heck, even I'm going to give kudos to the IEDC. They are sponsoring a lot of this because they don't expect a lot of these cohort. So there's what nine, 10, 11, 12 of you guys. They don't expect you to be successful entrepreneurs in 2018, but maybe by 2022. Well, Don, yeah. this this was what we had this discussion the other day about yeah. whether this is an incubator or an accelerator. Yep. And we actually made a video on this too. And it was a really kind of big thing that we had to tackle because mm-hmm. it affected how we moved forward yeah. in this. And we kind of came to the realization that, look, these kids don't have to be successful this year or right. next year or even five years. Where we're here right now, what we're supposed to be doing is giving them the mindset and the skills to where they can build that. We're just giving them that foundation. And the network. Right, exactly. That's That's been the – that's sometimes where I have hurt my shoulder patting myself on the back <laughs> this year. Uh, and matter of fact, let's get into that, the, the, the trip. Um, I made yeah. it a little bit of reference to it uh, last week on the podcast. Um, that was insane. 
Uh, and the thing that I love, and this is what I'm calling on more teachers to do. Here's the thing. Teachers somehow know everybody, mm-hmm. right? I mean, at least in your town. Yeah. And that, and I've said it 10,000 times on this podcast, when people go, well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Okay, know people. Mm-hmm. Because when you start connecting with people, like, you guys are the kings now of networking. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't like to say, like, you're my best. But as far as networking goes, you, you guys are killing it. Um, the trip was an even bigger experience for us to network. Tell me some takeaways from that and give some shout outs to some like experiences of like, dude, that helped a lot. Yeah. So we, uh, we just got off the plane immediately got on the train and we immediately headed over to ad hoc and ad hoc is a digital marketing agency. Um, and I thought that was one of the coolest places that we were at was one, just the culture of it, it was a startup culture. And I mean, we don't have an office, so we don't really know what it's like to have that startup culture in an office. And it was just, but amazing. admit it, you want a plant wall now. Yeah. Yeah. I want to play <laughs> yeah. for sure. For Definitely. sure. Um, but just like how everyone was so supportive around each other. And also we talked to the CEO there, Todd Saunders, and it was, it was amazing just to see, Super a, insightful. it was amazing to see someone so young to be so insightful and be established and have all these ambitions and, it, we could kind of place ourselves in his shoes of what if this is us like he is he's on the same mission that we are right now and I thought that was amazing and I mean one of the big takeaways that I had from the trip was mm. um, maintain those relationships yeah um, he Todd said it he said that um, the way he built his company was off his networking he would meet all these people and he would just constantly follow up with them or people would connect with him on LinkedIn he would immediately start a conversation with them and it was like, how can I provide you with help? How can you provide me with help? But it was mostly, how can I provide you with help? First and foremost. Yeah. First and foremost, yeah. how yeah. can I provide you with help? Yeah. And I took that to heart. And the guy at Avis and Young was even saying that that his whole job is his networking, basically. Mm. And I've taken that to heart. I've reached out to every single person that has connected with me. And I've even started to plant seeds of like, yeah, like I can help you. And at the point that we're at an educator right now, I, I legitimately feel like I can help people. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like I have the experience. And, and like, even if, well, especially people that are yeah. younger than you yeah. now, mm-hmm. because the, the crazy thing is, is like, I guarantee you I'll get feedback on this podcast and saying, how are the, how old were those guys? 20, 23, 24, like they're 18. Yep. You, you guys have now, and I'm not saying this to, to be little, some, other folks, but you guys have had the experience of a person that's out of school, out of college for three years. I mean, you guys have actually had some real, real uh, cool things happen, but you're right, is that now you can give back, but you guys also did a really good job playing the long-term route that you have reached out to people at Ad Hoc. You have yet to ask them for a favor. You've just been providing them value, and that's so smart. And, I, and, I, and I've said that a lot of times, too. I, honestly, it's uh, my own daughter. Ava did a really good job of a year ago. She got on LinkedIn, and she just started being nice. Yeah. She started giving feedback to people. You, she video. blew up. She blew up on that video she posted the other day. Yeah, you, yeah. You She's starting so to get more surprised. views than me. Little. You'll be little. so surprised how far it goes. Yeah. When you when you're just like, hey, I don't know what you're doing. Let me know how I can help. Why are people so surprised? Because they're young. Well, well. First of all, because people are so used to being asked, hey, how how can you help me? Expect like go to a networking yep, event I, and it's yep. just a business card exchange. Yep. Um. You know, pe- people are caught up. Like it's it's not a good thing that this is the case, but it's the case. Yeah. People are caught off guard when you say, "Hey, what can I do for you?" 
You know, you don't don't even say like what you do or what they could do for you. Just say, look, I'm interested in what you're doing. How can I help? Agreed. Because that I mean that puts them in that reciprocity mood, and then you know you talk about the mints and all the, the that whole thing, which is it's all very true. Yeah. But then you know a little bit down the road, they're gonna say, hey, you know what? That thing you're working on, how can I help you? And then that's where you start to reap the rewards for it, because yeah. that's I mean one of the prime examples for that is what Jeremy did. So when I first met Jeremy, um, he was for, always... For the record, Jeremy is on the Startup yeah. Foundation team. And he's amazing. He's a 19-year-old uh, digital marketing wonder yeah. kid. Anyway, go ahead. So when I when I first met Jeremy... Um, Jeremy Miller. Yeah, Jeremy Miller. I want to be Jeremy when I get older. <laughs> <laughs> he One of the first things he did was invited me to his house. Yeah. And so I went over to his house, and he basically... By the way, frame of reference, he invited you to his dad's house. Because at this age, he still hasn't moved yeah. out. He has now. Yeah. But that just puts things in perspective. Anyway, go ahead. So, and and then he was basically just asking me about educate and asking me how he could help and anything he did. And yeah. I was like, you know, I mean, if you're going to ask, there's some th- here's some things we're doing. And so he got helping us. And then um, he, for months on months, he just kept saying, how can I help? How can I help? Yep. He kept following up with me and saying, mm-hmm. what can I do? And then now it's getting to the point where he's planted the seeds into us mm-hmm. to where now we're starting to get bigger and bigger. And now then we can start turning around and helping him. Yep. And this is what, I mean, this is obviously, he knew this for the whole time. Mm-hmm. He was basically investing in us mm-hmm. and yep. giving things to us to when we finally get a little bit bigger, we'll come back and help him, Yep. which is where we're at right now. And I mean, he, this is how you network, you know, this is how you offer first. And this is how you, you network the back. right way. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. Well, and, and again, this is just, you're making me so proud. Um, but no, I mean, this, I, I think a lot of adults can take heed. Yeah. It, it, you are. It, sometimes it just gets smarmy and awkward at some networking events because it's like they're not listening. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you take my credit. You take my business card and what can you do for me? And psychologically, that's all wrong. And instead, you're, you guys are providing value. Yeah, look at it as an investment, you know? Absolutely. You don't expect to make your money back the next day well and like you guys represent let's let's just go metaphorically like mm-hmm. you're a rock band you guys are an unsigned soon to be cool artist and so i think and this is sometimes just me as your former teacher and adult who cares i've also seen people be predatory mm-hmm. like you're yeah, the under like you're the undiscovered band and they want to sign you to a really bad record deal yeah. that's happened to a couple of our students uh-huh. um so i'm a little bit nervous about that but that is though still what you represent at your age people are happy or or, gosh i think first of all i'm glad you said ad hoc was such an important thing because a lot of people i thought would assume that the best thing was seth godin or atlantic records or whatever i mean seth godin was amazing oh no yeah yeah yeah, i don't know that at all right 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 i mean it's it's (laughs) like it's like how do you choose like that's very true no i just like to hear that you you enjoyed the the startup because i did too but I, i think one of my favorite quotes and i was trying to not grin the whole hour that he was there. But when he sat down and he listened to all your pitches, he says, I considered myself a fairly optimistic person, but hearing you guys, I'm even more optimistic. This was amazing. If that wasn't the greatest endorsement that he was listening, because he was like, you guys are 18 and 17. That filled my heart with, with Uh pure joy. Um, But no, I, 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 I love the fact that you guys are one, your product even though it's still changing a little bit Mm. you guys are trying to bring value to high school middle school students you're trying to get them to prepare for the economy that's going to be new and different so that steals my heart love that but two 
you're also already focused on, like you said, making investments in people, mm-hmm. whether they're 40 or whether they're 14. Exactly. And, 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 and then lastly, because um, I mentioned it earlier that you guys are kind of the, the um, kings of this. Say that right now you're listening. So say that there's a parent that says they yeah. sent their son or daughter down, like, listen to these two guys. Mm-hmm. Your best piece of advice on just overcoming the mindset of mediocrity mm-hmm. and that you just want to be different. What is that first thing you need to do? The first thing you need to definitely do is try something. Try yeah. something weird and then see how you feel. Because you can't break any mindset unless your body and your mind gives you an incentive to do so. So if I go and say, like, not even start a business, right? Because not yeah. everyone's going to start a business. Let's say I go learn how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I hate playing guitar. Now, I'm going to think, okay, I was a little confused before. Now, I'm a little bit less confused. Jackson, you can even talk about your experiences with, like, some of the positions that you've held. Where you're mm-hmm. like, once you try something mm-hmm. and you realize that you don't want to do it, that changes your mindset a little bit. Yeah. And then you can slowly hone in on what exactly it is that you want to do. Yeah. Well, how many people change majors in college? Yeah. Darn near yeah. 70%, I'd bet. Yeah. And by trying things that are getting out of your comfort zone, you, you can at least knock off one yeah. thing off your list of like, okay, yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. Jackson. Um, yeah. But basically, like for parents, you just make sure your kids are just yeah. experimenting and trying things. That's honestly, if you do that, they'll 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 pave their own road you know yeah. you don't have to lead them they'll they'll do that for but anyway go ahead so um this piece of advice i actually got from my dad from the lectures that he'd give me on our way to baseball games which was all <laughs> Thanks, the time dad. um and he was an entrepreneur when he got out of college and his greatest advice he's ever given me actually was to try something when you're young yeah because then you're still extremely ambitious you're still creative and if you fail you're you're just a sponge at this point like yeah. you are soaking up all the knowledge that is around you and if you fail you are learning everything that you failed from and also if you're failing at a young age there's not much cost that goes along with that failure like you're not losing your job you're not losing your wife because she thinks you're a failure you're losing your husband because you think you're a failure because mm-hmm. you just tried a business and you lost x amount of money yeah so you need to start something while you're young and this all goes back to my mindset is i have a motto for myself is how can i possibly give myself an advantage and my original advantage to don's dismay was to get good grades Mm. my my advantage was to get good grades and then i'd get into college uh, the college of my choice for the major of my choice and if I had good grades, I could probably choose a major that would make me more money out of college. But now I see my advantage now is educated and the net, the experience that I'm getting out of this and the networking that I'm getting out of this is not something that a regular 18 year old would have. I have so many more connections to people that are already successful yeah, and that they can help me and they can mentor me and give me even more of an advantage. They can keep pushing me along that road. That is one thing though that, that, I always have at odds with a lot of school culture is 
oh, don't take a risk. That could end up being a B or a C. Yeah. And now you can't get into that. So I, although you've seen some, I've seen more and more colleges this week say we're going to make SAT and ACT optional, which is a win. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I don't want to get down the rabbit hole because you know how I'll kind of go off. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, I really love hearing that. I love the fact that both of you guys have been fearless in like, let's try this. Let's mm-hmm. give let's give feedback that might be insulting. Uh, in that pursuit of being better. And, and so uh, it, it was just fitting that I'd have you guys on first because, A, you won. We're going to feature, you know, somebody new every week yeah. on this cohort. Uh, but this is, um, this is a great start. And, and, and I know that there's some parents and some teachers out there listening right now. Tell them where they can find all this. So we are most active on our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is just educate.games. Or I'm sorry, that's our website. Our Facebook page is educate games with no dot in it. There's a dot in between them to go to our website. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I'm not as active on there. Colin underscore Wareham underscore. And I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. We post a lot of videos on there. Yeah, LinkedIn's been yeah, amazing yeah. lately. You can just find me at Colin Wareham on there. Um, yeah, I mean, if we're, you ever look for the hashtag innovate within, you'll find yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. And if you ever if you ever look for the hashtag lemonade empire, you'll fall you'll find us too. Lemonade empire. Yep. Yeah, that is the name of the game that is coming in August 2018, and um, pre-orders are set to start out uh, the sixth of August. And and Jackson, tell everybody where they can find you. So you can find me on the Facebook page, Educate Games. To reiterate that, you can find me on Twitter. I'm not extremely active on there, but I tweet every once in a while. Um, I'm starting to get more into it. That's Jackson Ramey underscore. That's J-A-C-K-S-O-N-R-A-M-E-Y underscore. The symbol, not the word. Definitely, um, if you want to reach out to us, the best place is our Facebook and LinkedIn. Yeah, okay. and then you can find my LinkedIn, just Jackson Ramey. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, hopefully a lot of people reach out to you. I think uh, you guys are an inspiration to a lot of people and uh, continued success. And uh, gosh, um, what a great first podcast to, to lead off this. Thanks for having us All right, man. We'll see you.